Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul podcast, episode number 84, Wellness for the Win with Shanna Hutchison. Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul podcast. I'm Rich Bracken, an award-winning marketer, inspirational consultant, and expert problem solver. Each episode of this podcast will discuss ways to address the obstacles in your life and help you learn how to put your heart and soul into everything you do. Thank you for choosing this podcast to bring more love, happiness, and success into your life. Welcome to a very special edition of the Enrich Your Soul podcast, where today I'm joined by my friend and wellness expert, Shanna Hutchison. She's a registered dietitian, wellness blogger, and lover of all things healthy with a side of positive energy that is undeniable. Her online presence through her blog and Instagram content as Wellness for the Win has moved thousands to embracing or at least entertaining healthy eating as a preferred and fun way of life. I'm incredibly excited to share this conversation with Shanna as her outlook on health, food, exercise, and emotional self-care is very near and dear to my own heart. In this information, content, and laugh-filled hour, we discuss such topics as Shanna's background and her why of getting into wellness, how we should focus more on preventative wellness versus reactive health, the impact of social media on physical and mental well-being, an explanation of what intuitive eating is and how it can benefit your life, how portion control can jumpstart your weight loss journey, using social media to make healthy fun again, why women who incorporate weight training find more joy with their bodies, the value of self-acceptance, and why a Lil Wayne ice cream cake may be in our future along with the world's first cell phone-less social festival. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to present my conversation with Shanna Hutchison. So if you've known me for two seconds, you know that health and wellness is a humongous part of my story, my life. It's something that I, I firmly believe improves all facets of who you are personally and professionally as well, because I think so many people fall short of taking care of themselves. So I am so excited to have Shannon on the, on the podcast today to talk about how you can implement healthy habits and a healthy lifestyle to improve yourself every single day with whatever you're doing. So thank you so much, Shannon, for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Well, let's talk, first of all, let's let the listeners get to know who you are, kind of talk about who you are, where you come from, and how you've gotten to this point so far. Okay. So that's a loaded question. It's been <laughs> been such a whirlwind, I feel like, over the past couple of years. Um, just to let you all know, my name is Shanna Hutchison. I am a registered dietitian um, in the Kansas City area. I was born and raised in Kansas City. Um, I went to Kansas State University to get my degree. Um, I... I feel like, like most people, I went into college not 100% sure what I wanted to do. Um, I, I knew that I loved nutrition, and I was really interested in that um, area as well as fitness. So I actually started studying nutrition and kinesiology. So that kind of tied you know, the food and fitness aspect, but wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with that yet. Um, and it was in my second year of college that I learned about the degree of dietetics and what you could do as a dietitian with those, you know, credentials and those letters behind your name. Um, so that's when I kind of, you know, took dietetics on board as well and did, you know, a couple different majors kind of thing. Um, so after five whole years at K-State, I graduated with a couple different degrees and um, became a registered dietitian. So I started out of college working part-time in a clinical setting. Um, so I was in a, a small local hospital and kind of seeing a little bit of everything. Um, so clinical, obviously, is more the prevention uh, or treatment side of things, whereas I, you know, as you might know from my Instagram, Wellness for the Win, I'm much more of a wellness gal. Um, I prefer to be on the prevention side of things as much as possible. And so um, where clinical was a really good learning experience, I knew I knew even going in that that wasn't really where I wanted to be forever. Um, so, but it's been really beneficial for me, I think, especially in the first couple of years of being a dietitian to have the opportunity to see kind of both ends of the spectrum. Um, obviously, I mean, no matter where you are, there's so much room for education and, you know, there's always going to be people that you encounter that, you know, think that they know a lot about nutrition. Maybe they do. Um, and then there's people who have no idea, no idea where to even start. Um, so I just think, you know, People in all areas can can benefit from from talking to a dietitian, and so I've had you know I've enjoyed being able to kind of impact people in all different areas. Um, so yeah, I I've been working as a dietitian full time, um, and now I'm in a corporate wellness setting, which is 
a little bit of a different environment, but again, you know, there's there's all different kinds of people on all ends of the spectrum. Um, and then I started my blog actually right after I graduated college. Um, and I, I always say, I started my blog before blogging was cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> blogging wasn't really a big thing back then. I just, and I didn't really, you know, think of it as a big deal when I started. I was just like, I like food. I like to cook. You know, it'd be fun to share recipes and share, you know, take pictures of my food. Um, and I did not even imagine, you know, that it would become what it has today. And, you know, it's obviously a huge part of my life and what I consider to be kind of a, a business, um, which a lot of people, you know, don't think of it that way when they are on the other side of Instagram. But there's so much planning that goes into it behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's given me a lot of awesome opportunities and um, I've had the opportunity to, to impact a lot of people that way, I think. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really awesome to have, you know, my full-time gig, but also this kind of side hustle, if you will, um, that I'm really passionate about too. So, yeah. and I, what I will say is that I will give all the credit in the world to the planning that you put in. I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen food look as beautiful, oh, plated you. and not plated. Like I, I mean, when, when, when Shannon goes shopping, I literally, I will screenshot a lot of the things because I'll be heading to the grocery store and, and you just make everything look so appealing, even in the box, which is phenomenal. You should be a pre-food stylist, as it were. Um, you know, one of the things you touched on, which I think is a critical piece of health and wellness for our country especially, is the prevention side of things. Because for so long we've been, and I think it's still a big problem in our country, is that we really focus on the fix. We don't, fi- we don't focus on the prevention. And yeah. so... With your background being kind of across different areas of wellness, both mm-hmm. on the fixed side and on the prevention side, do you now see, especially in a corporate setting, do you now see a, a stronger focus on that to do more wellness and more preventive care yeah. for corporates, you know, corporate executives, individuals in the corporate setting, because it's become such a, a big now known thing that we should be getting out ahead of the problem? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... In my corporate wellness job, we're always encouraging people, you know, to get checked annually, you know, know what your numbers are and know what impacts those numbers and how you can make healthy, sustainable changes to, you know, prevent long-term chronic, you know, diseases. And, and I think I completely agree with you that we're still so behind the times. Like, why are we still focusing so much energy on treatment when we could be focusing we should be focusing 90% of the energy on prevention. Um, and, you know, that's my goal is to help people understand, you know, what they can do now to hopefully prevent ever getting to that hospital bed. Um, so I think that's so, so, so important. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, education is everything and kind of empowering people and giving them the tools um, to, to understand how to implement that in a way that's realistic for them, not only you know, as far as staying motivated and being able to do those things every day. But, you know, what what's your budget look like? What's your lifestyle look like? We, you know, what resources do you have avail- available to you? What cooking abilities? Or, you know, there's so many different factors to consider when it comes to, you know, a healthy lifestyle. It's going to look so different from one person to the next. And I think, you know, with social media the way it is today, it's so hard. You know, a lot of people make it look so unattainable. And that deters so many people. They're like, well, screw it. I'm not even going to try because I can't afford that or I can't, you know, physically do that, you know. So I, my goal is to try to make it look easy because mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be. Um, right. It's just a matter of figuring out what that looks like to you. Right. And I think the, the realness, if that's a real word, the realness <laughs> that you bring to your social media is, I think, one of the most refreshing things about who you are. Yes, the education is there. The information is there, you know, leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. But what I think you do is also give a, a real take on it. So right. it's not this unattainable pie in the sky, not to use pie in a wellness conversation, <laughs> but it's... Hey, there's it, nothing wrong with Exactly, <laughs> right. In, in moderation, right? right? In moderation. Um, but I think, you know, you hit on a couple of things that I want to touch on uh, a little bit more. One, do you think social media has hurt or helped our wellness perception? Because I think... There is an abundance, and it, I think it also depends on what social circles you follow mm-hmm. or who you follow or who you tune into, yeah. because I think that there now has kind of gotten to a point where everybody's gotten a voice into this, mm-hmm. so you'll see the people that are doing it very well, present company massively included, mm-hmm. but then you see people that are conveying this false image, or they're not, they're not 
sharing the struggle of it. They're not sharing the reality of it. And I think that's what mentally makes people think it's very unattainable. Mm -hmm. So what is your take on, and I mean, and this is not negative to speak on anybody else, but what is your take generally on social media and how it's impacted people's health and wellness, but also their mental perception of what that actually is? Yeah. So I, I mean, I have mixed emotions because obviously, you know, social media is a huge part of what I do, um, but I think there's so many pros and cons of Instagram because, like you said, I mean, we have the ability to consume so many different images and messages, and it completely matters who who you follow. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are you allowing into your mind every single day? Like, the messages that we take in, you might think it's mindless scrolling, but you're consuming that, mm-hmm. and... And I think, you know, I always encourage people to, to unfollow anyone that makes you feel less than and anyone who makes you feel inferior or just, I mean, if you find yourself comparing yourself negatively to them, unfollow them. You know, if it's not serving you, unfollow them. And, you know, I I feel like Instagram, when I scroll, is a very positive experience for me because I've intentionally unfollowed all of the people that I felt weren't serving me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we're seeing such a rise in eating disorder behaviors and disordered eating and orthorexia, you know, the obsession with healthy eating because of Instagram or social media in general and just people, you know, thinking that they have to eat perfectly, quote unquote, healthy, whatever that even means all the time. Um, and if their plate doesn't look, you know, perfect like this or, you know, all the different colors, whatever, um, there's just so many things that are exacerbating these disorders and anxiety and, you know, all those different things. So I think um, it can definitely be a very positive, uplifting and encouraging and motivating space, but it can also be the complete opposite and just really cause a lot of problems. So Agreed. definitely yeah. depends on how you perceive it and what you allow yourself to take in every right. day. Right. And I, I love and I'm actually I've been going through that both between just being very aware of, of my social media feed. And I'll also throw in Marie Kondo, who has helped mm-hmm. me tidy up my social media feed. <laughs> if, you, if you don't spark joy in me, you're gone. <laughs> exactly, um, 100%. What, what role do you think mental health or self-acceptance plays? I mean, because you can have all the information about healthy eating and diet and, and, the, and having the right food choices or the right exercise choices, but what part does mental health and self-acceptance play in this? Huge. I honestly think mental health is is 100% more important than physical health because if your mental health is not in the right place, um, you know, if your mindset, if your relationship with food and your body is in a negative place, you're not going to be able to achieve health. Um, And, you know, if anyone follows me, I talk a lot about intuitive eating and kind of body positivity and self-acceptance and all these kinds of things that... Um, you know, we have to be able to heal our relationship with food before we can even worry about nutrition. You know, it's just your, the way that you view things. And, you know, I, everyone I see in my, you know, corporate job, uh, corporate wellness job, one-on-one, I see, you know, 90% of the people have such a, a black or white mindset and this just this all or nothing kind of thing. And, you know, they, they have foods labeled as good and bad. And, I mean, there's nothing productive about that because that allows you no wiggle room. And if you, quote, unquote, slip up, then you, you know, feel like you failed. And it's just inevitable that you're going to go down this path where, you know, you're beating yourself up. And it just totally contributes to that restrict binge cycle and, you know, jumping off the wagon and then going on the next fad diet and it just never stops. And it's like how it's exhausting to watch. So I can't imagine how exhausting it is to actually do that (laughs) all the time. Um, And so (laughs) that's a lot of the work that I do is kind of challenge people and say, how, how is that helping you Mm -hmm. to have that mindset? Um, You know, in, whatever it may be, whether it's like swearing off all carbs or all grains or dairy or whatever the heck it is, um, you know, I'm like, is that necessary? Like, is it going to hurt you to have this or that? And, you know, the I, I like challenging people and sometimes it takes a while before they, 
they understand it and I guess agree with me (laughs) and you know I get a lot of pushback and resistance because that's the culture that we live in Mm -hmm. you know our culture is constantly encouraging people to to cut out entire food groups and to cut out this and that and you know that's that's the way to achieve better health well guess what it's not you know and and when people have done this fad diet and that fad diet you know for years and years and it's like how can how can you not see that this is not the answer? You know, loving yourself now and giving yourself permission to enjoy a wide variety of foods, but more importantly, focusing on not a number on the scale, but like how do you actually feel every day? You know, are you do the foods that you're eating make you feel good? And usually, the thing is, like, it's never about food. Right. You know, there's something right. so much deeper going on, and it's never about food. But people are hiding behind food and using it, you know, I know obviously emotional eating is not necessarily always a problem, but in some cases it can be really problematic. And so it's really important to acknowledge when that's going on and say, okay, what's actually the deeper cause here? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you mentioned something earlier, and I've, I've seen it because I follow your content quite mm-hmm. a bit, and I've heard you mention it a few times can you kind of touch on what intuitive eating is? Because, mm-hmm. and, and I want people to go immediately to your content when they get done listening to this to, and learn more about it. Mm-hmm. But can you kind of touch on what that is? So just so people have an understanding of what I mean, because to me that's that, you know, the two words separately make sense. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean put together? Yeah. Good question. So intuitive eating, when a lot of people hear about intuitive eating, they think that it's, basically a matter of eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full but it is so much more than that it was created this book intuitive eating was written by two registered dietitians back in gosh I think 1995 so it's not a new concept by any means but it's gaining more traction um today and a lot of dietitians on Instagram and you know social media are promoting it more and more um but it just makes so much sense and when I you know I for years, I counted calories pretty, you know, strictly. And once I decided to stop, um, you know, that was obviously a really hard transition, kind of figuring out. Because I think for people who do count, whether it's calories or macros or whatever it may be, or points, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that kind of becomes a security blanket. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're using that to, cu- to guide us in making our choices Whereas with intuitive eating, you just rely on your body's internal cues to to guide you. And you're not using, you know, you're not relying on those numbers to say, okay, here's your, you know, someone says, okay, you have $50 to spend for the day. How are you going to spend it? You know, you're constantly obsessing over how many dollars you have left. Mm -hmm. And the same goes when you're counting calories or whatever it may be. You know, you're just watching those numbers dwindle down every time you have a meal. Mm -hmm. And that causes so much more anxiety than then you have to put yourself through. Right. You know, we have the ability to to make food choices and to, again, eat when we are hungry, and we have the ability to stop when we're full. I mean, think about when we were children. Mm-hmm. We, we totally did that. You're born as an intuitive eater. When you're a baby, you cry when you're hungry, and then when you stop, when you're not hungry anymore, you push mommy away or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just a matter of trying to kind of get back in tune with your body and say, okay, you know, how do foods make me feel? What what am I actually craving right now? Which foods do I actually like? You know, because a lot of times people are, you know, following this or that diet and they're eating a bunch of food that they don't even like, you know, mm-hmm. because they feel like they quote unquote should. And, you know, that's no way to live, like forcing broccoli down your throat that you hate. Right. Um, you know, so it's just, there's actually 10 principles of intuitive eating. And so um, the first one is rejecting the diet mentality. And that's first and foremost the most important thing is kind of, you know, getting that out of your mind and um, just trying to resist going back to diet culture Mm. and all of the ideas that that perpetuates. And so um, that's definitely the most important thing. And like I mentioned before, it's kind of, you know, understanding how to respect your body and honor your hunger and honor your fullness in your cravings and all of those things those all have to kind of happen before nutrition comes into play. And that's why they strategically placed nutrition as the 10th principle, um, you know, gentle nutrition. Um, And so, you know, that just speaks to how important that mental health and 
acceptance and positivity, you know, all of those things have to come into play before we can even worry about the nutrition factor, um, you know, because health is about so much more than what's on our plate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think I, I, I love everything that you just said. And I think where it really resonated with, with me personally, because of my personal weight loss journey, the, the minute I quit punishing myself with food, mm-hmm. whether it was the guilt eating or I felt like I had to eat a certain way mm-hmm. when I was losing weight, if you think about the different, you know, the scoring system, every time numbers get involved, there's mm-hmm. some sort of a mental block. Uh-huh. I'm looking at my weight. I'm counting my calories. I'm, I'm you know, All of these numbers get involved. Yeah. And I, I, and I love what you said about we were born intuitive. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've got a six and a two-year-old. They will tell you if they're hungry or yep. not. <laughs> and they will eat to a certain t- point, point and then yeah. they'll stop. Yep. But yet here we are as adults with much more developed minds mm-hmm. and we're literally beating ourselves up about food. Yeah. Which is to me absurd. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, what you brought in as far as the mental side of things, that plays such a huge factor in it. Absolutely. Um, so it's just, it's, it's shocking to see that there's such a departure from, from a natural mindset mm-hmm. to now this manufactured, oh, I've got to do this or I've got to do this or I feel bad because of this or I'm, you know, I'm punishing myself with food, either food I don't want to eat. Yeah portions I don't want to have Mm -hmm. or that invariable calorie countdown. Yeah. I mean, because there's not many countdowns that are not stressful, to be (laughs) honest. So so if you're living... There's nothing worse than seeing your calorie allotment go down. It's like, oh man, right? that's a bummer. Exactly. (laughs) It looks like such a sad number, you know? Right. And and so if you you flip that mentality and start looking at food as an energizer and a positive Mm -hmm. thing and... And two, I think one of the things too that we, you know, not to bring in, and, and this doesn't really relate to numbers, but portion control. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things I've seen. And I lived abroad, which was, you know, a very eye opening experience because when you live in America and then you see the food quantities that we have, mm-hmm. you know, whether restaurants or whatever, serving sizes, and then you go international and then you come back and you're like, what? Where are we getting all this food? It's obscene how much food we have. So is that something that you talk with people about? Because, you know, like we mentioned pie earlier. Pie's mm-hmm. fine. Eating an entire pie, probably not the best idea. Yeah. But not punishing yourself and not resisting or not keeping yourself away from a pie just because you maybe want to enjoy a little bit. Mm-hmm. So is portion control a big part of it as well? So that's a tricky question because I I get a lot of questions about portion control and it all kind of goes back to being able to just kind of pay attention and Mm. being a little bit more mindful when we're eating because, I mean, I agree the portions that we get served are often way more than we need, Mm -hmm. but who's to to tell us what we need? You know, everyone's different and, you know, maybe... You know, every situation is different. Every person is different. You know, your needs are going to vary from day to day and from minute to minute. And so I think, you know, there it's hard to say, you know, what portion is appropriate for this person or that person. There's so many different factors that come into play. Right. And so I think, you know, the more we continually fuel ourselves, mm-hmm. the, more, the easier it is to, you know, consume portions that are not only satisfying but you know don't we don't eat to the point that we feel sick Mm -hmm. and that's part of intuitive eating is kind of figuring out okay what does that look like for me um and when you're navigating that that in the beginning you might eat to the point that you're sick and you know that's what kind of freaks a lot of people out about not having some sort of counting or tracking system is because they feel like they're going to be out of control and in the beginning you might be and that's kind of part of the process of figuring out how to tune back in and say okay how can I do this without um you know some external app telling me what to do and it is scary you know it's scary to to kind of feel like you don't have control and you know control is is kind of what perpetuates a lot of eating disorders is because is that kind of desire to have control and but I can tell you now from the other side it's amazing to not feel the need to constantly be in control Um, you know because when you kind of just have so much more permission and freedom to make you know whatever choices you feel are appropriate for you at that time there's just the pressure is just lifted and and like when it comes to like the pie like you said whether it's pie or you know whatever you feel like is your 
<laughs> kryptonite, whatever right. it is, right. you know, because I think there's so many p- foods that people fear and they're like, oh, you know, I can't keep ice cream in the house because I know I'll just go crazy and eat all mm-hmm. of it. And it's like, actually, when you give yourself permission to have it on a more regular basis and, you know, whatever quantities you want, it could be bigger or smaller. You know, we have ice cream in our freezer. I have it not that much because, you know, I just don't think about it. I don't obsess about it when I know I can have it anytime. Right. And so it's kind of, you know, again, it comes to just shifting that mindset in your relationship with those foods. And, and again, not labeling foods as good and bad. Mm-hmm. And because the more we view them as bad, the more we want them. That's right. human nature. Right. We want what we can't have or right. what we quote unquote can't have because you can't have anything you want. Right. Um, in most cases. And that's obviously a privilege to, you know, the fact that a lot of us, we truly can have that food another time if we want it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, kind of just recognizing that. And that helps a lot, too, as far as when you say portion control, um, kind of acknowledging that that fact as true. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I can, you know, how, how do I feel, first of all? Am I satisfied if so, then I'm going to stop now and I can have the rest tomorrow mm-hmm. or later, you know, later tonight if I'm mm-hmm. hungry again. Right. So it's just, you know, it's just such a shift in mindset and in acknowledging that, um, you know, it's okay to be flexible. Right. It's okay not to be rigid. Yeah. And I, I think, again, that, that mental shift of reward to punishment and allowance to denial is, mm-hmm. is such, it's such a game changer. Mm-hmm. It really is such a game changer. Yeah. Um, speaking of change, I want to shift to your social media presence because it is one. I I don't think I've taken more delight in food from a distance in my entire <laughs> life. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> because the the things that you share, <clears throat> you know, the information is phenomenal. It, it really is, and I, I think what I love about what you do, and I'm sure everybody that follows you will say the same thing, is that there is a tremendous variety mm-hmm. in what you do. It's not you're not saying, you know, go eat a salad and go do this. Go eat a salad and go do this. It is, there is, I, I think there's an, an endless amount of opportunity and, and combination that you have within what you recommend. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it keeps it, it keeps it new. It keeps it fresh. And it, it allows anybody who watches your content or follows your content to say, hey, look, this is actually fun. Mm-hmm. It's exploratory. You know, I have a couple of, of family members that are chefs and they love ex- experimenting with food and trying yeah. different things. And I think you are the chef of, of dietitians. <laughs> and I, I see that as kind of you're saying, hey, look, this doesn't have to be repetitive and boring. Right. So where do you get your inspiration from? I mean, mm-hmm. is it something where you just kind of say, hey, look, I'm kind of in the mood for this, but let's find a really healthy, flavorful way of doing it. How do you, how do you come up with these things? Good question. Um, Honestly, I find a lot of inspiration on Instagram um, mm-hmm. from whether it's fellow dietitians or food bloggers or, you know, Pinterest obviously has mm-hmm. tons of tons of recipes, but also tons of diet culture-y things that you can't avoid. Um, so I try to sift through those. But, you know, I, I completely agree that food, food should be fun mm-hmm. and it should be, you know, realistic and it doesn't have to require a million expensive weird ingredients that you'll use like once in your life and um you know all, anyone who follows me knows that I'm a big Aldi shopper mm-hmm. um so you know that's a prime example of how affordable it can be I mean we, we never spend more than like $70 a week on groceries and you know I always encourage people to to you know take inventory of your kitchen before you go to the store you know what do you actually have what can you make with what's already in your pantry and fridge. We actually need to do that kind of purge, <laughs> purge of things that we already have. But, you know, that's a, a different topic. Um, but I just, I mean, I get inspiration from a lot of different things. And I, I know what I like. I've gotten to the point where, um, you know, I, because I have the freedom to mm-hmm. explore, um, you know, I allow myself to experiment and try new things. And, um, you know, and I have a husband who I want to please as far as, you know, the things that I make too. And I, I always try to give him a say, but he kind of gives me creative freedom there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what do you want tonight? As long as it has cheese on it, he's happy. So <laughs> we eat a lot of cheese. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I love, I love eating healthy because I truly have found a way to make healthy foods enjoyable to me. And obviously with my nutrition background, I know the impact that those have 
um, nutritionally and in a lot of different ways too. You know, obviously they have so many health benefits. Um, so I think it's just a matter of getting creative and figuring out, okay, A, which foods do I like? Um, but also I always challenge people to, to try things in different ways. You know, if you think you hate Brussels sprouts, have you only tried them steamed? Because steamed Brussels sprouts are the worst. They're, they're disgusting. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're horrible. Yeah. But if you roast them, they're incredible. Phenomenal. Like, it's a whole different world. Right. And so, you know, if you maybe feel like you there's something that you don't like, I want to challenge you to try it again in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so that's how... That's how, you know, this whole thing can become fun again, Mm -hmm. is just kind of with experimenting and and playing with new recipes and, you know, getting inspiration from different things. And and like you said, variety. Mm -hmm. Variety is huge because... I, I know so many people who think, actually yesterday I, I did a little questions uh, survey on my Instagram story just to kind of get an idea of what people think, what's the first thing you think of when you hear healthy food. Because right. I just kind of wanted to get an idea of different people's perceptions of that word um, because I think it can have such a, a positive connotation and then also a negative. And so it was just really interesting to see the different responses I got you know, a lot of people said green, a lot of people said um, vegetables, salad, color, chicken breast, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. And then some people said yucky, boring, expensive, you know, so it's so interesting to see the different views that people have on health and healthy eating. And I think so much of that has to do with your environment. And again, those messages that you're letting in. And so I think the more that we can make food fun and attainable and realistic and you know all of those things um you know that's kind of my my mission <laughs> well and due to his affinity for cheese your husband and i just became best friends um, <laughs> and i for the record i love cheese too <laughs> <laughs> and i think you know we, we probably i don't know if you've done this in the past if you have that's great if not i'm happy to partner with you on something like this mm-hmm. i think what would be fun is to take you know to to create something on your feed to say look pick the one food that you really don't like mm-hmm and I challenge you to take that food, be it Brussels sprouts, be it, for me, it's black licorice. I don't know that I could alter black licorice to make it tolerable, but right. pick a healthy food that you've always been scared of mm-hmm. and go source a recipe or an alteration to it to make it more appealing and mm-hmm. try it. And if it still sucks, sorry, yeah. but at least you tried. <laughs> at least you tried. Right. 100%. Be- because yes. I, I, for one, have gone the Brussels routes, Brussels routes, Brussels sprouts <laughs> route. That, say that fast. Yes. Um, go the, I've gone the Brussels sprouts route, and steamed Brussels sprouts are disgusting. Now, we have roasted them. We have roasted them with balsamic. We have mm-hmm. roasted them and used a little, like, um, marinara sauce on the side for some dipping. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's amazing. A whole new world. Brussels, yeah. Brussels, I mean, <laughs> my mind has been blown by yeah. Brussels sprouts. I never, ever thought <laughs> I would ever say that. Right. So that, that to me, I think, if, if, if you don't use it, let's just use it on the podcast for now. And yeah. You, but we can totally do it later on. <laughs> right. Pick a food that you don't like or that you are, that you are terrified of because you think it's too healthy or too mm-hmm. yucky. And come up with a, a fix to it. Yeah. I think that would be fun. And I think, you know, people should share pictures of that. And say, yeah. hey, look, I hated green beans before, but you know what? When I added this and added this, mm-hmm. now it doesn't have to be your favorite food yeah. in the world. But if at least it's something that is enjoyable, right. great, go yeah, for it. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, too, I would also challenge people to, you know, try a food that they're maybe afraid of that they think is unhealthy. Um, because I think that's, that goes back to you know, giving yourself permission Mm. Um, because, and that's something that I try really hard to portray on my Instagram, especially my stories, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. stories are that good, nice little behind the scenes where you get to see the real person. Um, But I always like to show, you know, on the weekends and I don't limit it to weekends. It just happens to be how that works for our schedules. That Mm -hmm. is typically when we eat out Mm -hmm. um, because I know a lot of people have that kind of Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm quote-unquote, clean eating mindset and binge on the weekends. That's definitely not the case for us. Um, But, you know, we kind of like to get out of the kitchen, or I do anyway, on the (laughs) weekends and and go out to eat and enjoy ourselves. And so I try to show, you know, whether it's, you know, we're going to Unforked and getting some frozen custard or going to get, you know, real pizza from somewhere. Um, You know, if there's a food that maybe you're a fear food of yours that, you know, you're afraid to eat because, A, it's too many calories or too high in fat or sugar or whatever it is, um, you know, maybe it's cake or maybe mm-hmm. it's chocolate or ice cream or whatever it is, 
um, give yourself permission to have it mm-hmm. um, and just kind of sit with that and see what it feels like. Right. And, and like I said earlier, you know, if, if at first maybe you feel like you're out of control because maybe that's something you haven't allowed yourself to have in a long, long time, um, it's normal to be nervous about that at first, but, but it gets easier. And, and I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a prime example of that because I've, I've been through that journey um, and it's not a short one and it's not an easy one. Um, but once you get to the point where you have unconditional permission to eat and enjoy a wide variety of foods and you never feel shame anymore um, and you you don't determine your worth based on what the scale says that morning, mm-hmm. it's just such a different experience. You know, that, that brings the, the fun back to food and to life in general. Right. So. Um, one thing that I do want to know, I think the one thing that I've seen as – my social media has grown with the podcast and everything else is that nothing makes me happier than having somebody reach out to me and say, Hey, this changed my perspective Mm -hmm. or this really helped me or I needed to hear this. Yeah. And I know that you've got a very dedicated following. A lot of people are very like, you know, I mean, if I had the enthusiasm on my post that you have on yours, (laughs) I mean, I may need to start putting Brussels sprouts on mine. (laughs) Um, But I I see a lot of just raw enthusiasm for what you do. And it's Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Because yeah. I think that's needed. I think somebody who is as real as you, who has who makes health fun like you do, deserves that kind of feedback and that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. And I applaud you for that. Thank you. Is there are there times that people reach out and say, Hey, I've struggled with this, or hey, this has happened and you posted something that rocked my world mm-hmm. and now I'm better for it. What what is that you know, obviously I'm sure because you are nodding your head down, not that people can see it, but <laughs> What does that do for you? It honestly just validates that I'm doing what I need to be doing. I listened to a podcast recently. I'll, I'll give them a plug, not that they know who I am, but the Skinny Confidential mm-hmm. um, not too long ago. Um, their guest mentioned, you know, he was kind of talking about purpose and was saying, you know, if there's something that you are so passionate about that you would do it for free, mm-hmm. then, you know, then that's what you should be doing. And that's kind of how I feel about my blog and my Instagram and, and just kind of writing in general. I, I've always loved to write, and so that's kind of a, an awesome outlet for me. And so kind of, you know, with the knowledge and experience that I have in this space, um, you know, with an, not only nutrition but intuitive eating now too, um, you know, having the ability to impact people's lives in that way, you know, it it definitely fills my cup. You mm-hmm. know, when people reach out to me, and say that I've totally shifted their mindset around food, like, that means so much more to me than someone saying, oh, I've lost 10 pounds in X amount of time. You know, Mm -hmm. like, like, I don't want to discount anyone's weight loss, obviously, because I want, you know, I want to cheer people on and whatever they view as success. But to me, it's, it's so much more about what's happening internally. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that mindset shift that, you know, that's what matters long term, you know, because what if what if that weight loss go, you know, reverses and then, you know, that just leads to a downward spiral. I just want people to focus on how they feel and, um, you know, know that 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 they are so much more than than that number on the scale. Right. And I and I I completely get where you're coming from, because I think and the way you put it is, is perfect, you know, not to diminish anybody's success because mm-hmm. every individual success, no matter what happens, right. is one. Yeah. Um, it is a win. It is something that is very positive in their mm-hmm. life. To me, I think there are some people that kind of already are on the, the path to knowledge or have the acceptance of what they're trying to do. And I think maybe that 10 pound loss is kind of like the people that I talk with that I know are really have a really good solid foundation of understanding where they're going. They may be just having an off day or an off week mm-hmm. and this kind of brings them back to focus. But then there are the people that reach out that say, Hey, look, this just was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. This, this took me from a path of trajectory that I did not want to be on, but I didn't know how to get off of. Right to a now a new positive frame of mind. And I mm-hmm. think, I mean, you obviously have those people that do that as well. So I, I, I do, I, I, I think the way you, you, you addressed it, the fact that every win is a win, mm-hmm. no matter what your person, because everything is subjective. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, if any, if somebody's trying to lose 10 pounds and they lost 10 pounds, that's a huge win. Mm-hmm. If somebody now looks at food as a, as a companion and as a friend and as an energizer versus an enemy, mm-hmm. that's a win. 
Yeah. And and the scale is very different. Not to you know, no pun intended. The scale <laughs> is very different on that. Right. Um, but it is. It's everything is is important. Every mm-hmm. every win is unique to itself and subjective. So I think that's mm-hmm. that's fantastic. And the fact that you have so many people that are going through that is just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it's been awesome, and I I feel very lucky to to have the opportunity to you know, have a voice mm-hmm. and, you know, in, influence people in that way. I hate the word influencer, but <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I do, you know, I hope to have, to be a positive light, um, in Instagram, um, in the Instagram world, because there's, there's a lot of negative stuff. So right. when I, I think the way you do things and I, I'm not just blowing smoke because I fully believe in what you, what you do. I think, Yes, I think there is that negative connotation around influencer, especially mm-hmm. now with all the, all the things that are going on right. in the media. With the, you know, <laughs> God, God bless the fire festival. Yeah. Um, but I think what you do is is if anything, if we're going to coin a new term, you're a changer. Oh. And what you. you do, you don't. You're, I mean, yes, you are influencing people, but you are changing people, mm-hmm. and you are pushing them, and you're motivating them to yeah. a different level of happiness. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's different than a, hey, I really like this lipstick color, which I know you do beauty products. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to admit <laughs> it. But like, if that's right. all I talk about. Right. Something that, a little bit deeper. Right. And, right. you know, hopefully long-term, deep, impactful change in exactly. somebody. Like, yeah. this is my cutest skirt for the spring. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> and I don't, I, I want people to feel very, very fashionable and very beautiful and right. sexy in the spring. However, <laughs> it is it is a different ball game when you are mentally on board with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you can do, and you can follow all the influencers you want, but when you follow somebody that's a changer like you, mm-hmm. that's where life becomes better year-round. Yeah. No matter what you're doing. Yeah. So... Um, I applaud you for that. So tell me, I know all the different things that you you talk about and that you share, but I, I, I mean, within your own routine, like what is your go, like what is your favorite food that makes you feel good? What is your favorite exercise that makes you feel good? Is there, do you have a routine that you're like, this is my sweet spot? I'm in my, this is my jam. Like, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. What are, what are your go-tos? Like, I mean, almost kind of rapid fire. Like, what's your favorite food? Sweet potatoes. Love it. Love it. <laughs> or eggs. Gosh, I honestly can't choose. And then I'm like, almond butter. There's so many things. But those are like the first three that came Which to Which you probably are going to make a dish about that tonight, aren't you? <laughs> Actually, yes. I have sweet potatoes <laughs> chopped and ready to go. <laughs> um, favorite exercise? I love, if people follow me, they know I go to Health House. Um, mm-hmm. So I love like high intensity Kick your ass workouts. Mm-hmm. I hope I can curse on this. You um, can. <laughs> but I just I love to feel challenged mm-hmm. and I love to feel strong. Um, and like like I've never been a big yoga person. I like yoga, mm-hmm. but I like to feel like I'm dying right. <laughs> during the workout, <laughs> which I know is kind of weird, but right. I'm sure some people understand that. But I just like to go really hard during a workout. I I honestly love to lift. Um, mm-hmm. I I think that's something I kind of started to love lifting like in college mm-hmm. and you know if it were up to me now all I would do is lifting but I know obviously cardio is important too and right. um, you know the studio I go to we mostly do rowing mm-hmm. and I have such a love-hate relationship with it like it's it kicks your ass it's mm-hmm. so hard it's such a like great full body workout but it's so challenging and that's the part of me that loves it too is because I know you know, it's, it's working me so right. hard and, and really challenging my body. And so, um, you know, I love getting a combination of those things. I, I too, have had my, my ass kicked at Health House. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will give a, a straight, direct shout-out to Tanya Forrest. Oh, my God. There's has, no who, human like her. Who has destroyed me with more joy than I think anybody should ever have yeah. when they destroy an individual <laughs> or a room full of individuals, as right. she does. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I completely get And I love what I love that you said. Mm-hmm. Because I think this gets a, a negative knock, especially for females, mm-hmm. um, is the lifting part of it. Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, I think there there is that 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 enemy mindset about lifting and, and weights and things like that that has mm-hmm. the same, kind of the same thing that we've been talking about with food. Like, yeah. there is this mental, like, oh, if I lift, I'm going to get big and bulky. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm blessed to know a lot of trainers and a lot of, uh, you know, women that are very strong women that lift. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they, they love their bodies. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they don't look like 
me or right. you know the dudes at Title Boxing. They don't <laughs> you don't look like that, mm-hmm. but you look you you feel good and you feel healthy, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So I and think, it gives you a different appreciation for your body too. Right. And that's that's what I think is so important about exercise. And I'm gonna give her a plug. I always do this on podcasts. But my friend Kara Harp Street, mm-hmm. Street Smart RD. Um, but she said something about you know challenging people on their view of exercise, you know, would you still do it if you knew it, it wouldn't change your body at all? Mm. Um, and I think that's a great way to look at it because with Health House for me, like, yes, I would because it's fun. It's something I can do with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel freaking awesome. You know, I, you know, you get those endorphins and it's just like, you don't get a, that feeling doing anything else. Right. And so, you know, when people feel like they, or think that they hate exercise and think that it sucks and, you know, they dread doing it, it's like, then whatever you're doing isn't for you. Like, find something that is for you and that makes you feel those endorphins and, you know, that you wake up excited to do. Um, And and like you said, same goes with food. You know, if, if you're dreading and hating every second of what you're doing, whether it's the food that you're eating or the exercise that you're doing, find, find a different way. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is. It's it's making it fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you want to look at two of the most important things that you could possibly do for yourself, your body, your mind, mm-hmm. and look at them as negative? Right. So if you change that mindset to fun on both food and exercise, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to embrace those things? Exactly. And I think that's. I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, I've I've gotten recently addicted to you know giving plugs all over the place here, which I don't mind at all because <laughs> people deserve it. Right. But the new title boxing on demand app. Okay. You know, I'm addicted to it. Yeah. And it's, and I flat out told them that I'm like, Hey, we're right down the street from your headquarters. If you need me to come in and do a testimonial, I'll do it because <laughs> I enjoy it. I look forward to it. Yeah. I mean, and it, it does, it kicks my butt every mm-hmm. single morning, yeah. but I love it, but it's, that's where I found my joy. And yes, yeah. I mean, health house has done the same thing for me. A lot of, or, you know, it, so I think it is finding your zone and understanding that what you love May not be loved by everybody, right? Or you may, you which know, is you, okay, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's it's for you. You're not. You shouldn't be working out for anybody else. You shouldn't be eating for anybody else. You shouldn't be doing these things for anybody else but yourself. Yeah. So why not find your zone, your sweet spot of happiness in both areas, right? And do those things. So mm-hmm. uh, to continue the, to continue the go tos, what is your what's the one workout song that you hear that you're like, I'm a, it, Get out of my way. Most of the ones that I love are really inappropriate. I love like <laughs> I love like hardcore rap when I work out, like Lil Wayne, all that kind of stuff. Like if it's if it's like I can't stand country while I work out, it has to be like hardcore rap. <laughs> Which I'm gonna put this soundbite over the over the graphic card because yeah. I want people to see you yeah. and then hear you say that because yeah. I, I that is amazing. Yeah. Um, and if you work out to country, I don't know that I want to know you. Right. I, no, I know. Who does that? I, I, I can't. Like, I can't. D- no disrespect to any of my friends that like country music, <laughs> but if you go lift to country music or you do cardio to country, we got to have a talk. Right. No, I totally agree. Or anything that's not like, I don't know, just hardcore rap just really does it for me. <laughs> Noted. Gets me pumped up. Noted. Or like, Noted. Or like 90s jams, if they're like upbeat. What's your, what's your go-to 90s jam? Because I was just rocking out of some 90s on the way because I... Oh, my gosh. Like Britney Spears or... Gosh, I'm not good on the spot. <laughs> I can't... You're, you're doing... You rock... <laughs> hey, gangster rap came flying I knew, out. I knew, <laughs> I knew gangster rap for sure, but <laughs> I'll get back to you on the 90s thing. <laughs> so in keep, keeping it real, what is your favorite cheat food? What is your favorite... What is your favorite indulgent? Well, I don't like to call it a cheat. Because when you're not following what's any your food favorite rules. gift food? What's your favorite? What's my your favorite, favorite gift food? my favorite like sweet food. I honestly don't discriminate. I love sweets. I would probably say like ice cream cake number one. Ice cream cake. <laughs> I love ice cream cake. So if you got a little weighing ice cream cake, you would be in heaven. <laughs> I would be extremely happy about that. But I also love honestly just ice cream in any form. I love ice cream like frozen custard. Frozen yogurt, whatever it is, right, right, with preferably with Reese's peanut butter cups mixed in. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think, yeah, again, like I think that's that's part of why I love what you do and what your content looks like is because yeah. you have those. I mean, you you mix that in, mm-hmm. and you say, hey, look, you know this. These are the healthy options, but it's okay. Like this, this yeah. tastes really damn good. Yeah, and I'm not apologizing. For right. It. I mean, some foods, sure, they're gonna have more phytochemicals and nutrients and you know all that kind of stuff and so some foods may be better for you like physically Mm -hmm. but some foods 
are great for you mentally, you mm-hmm. know, and having that balance is so, so important. And I can't right. stress that enough. Just, you know, remove the guilt associated with food. And, mm-hmm. and again, like when you're having fun with food and experimenting with food and eating different foods, you know, you're, you're able to enjoy every eating experience so much more, right. you know, your eating experience is always going to be elevated when, when there's no guilt or stress or shame associated with your food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, imagine like when you're traveling or when you're mm-hmm. in an environment where you don't have control over the food, like the amount of stress that people experience in those situations when they don't have a say, that's not good for your health either, right. you know? And so, you know, the more we can kind of reduce that and kind of throw that aside and, and allow ourselves to just have the freedom to explore and enjoy and, you know, obviously making choices that are best for you. Um, you as an individual, again, nobody else can determine what that looks like. Um, you know, your your quality of life will just go through the roof. Right. And I think that is that is the, the perfect way to put it because I think that... I mean, all, tying all the things that we've talked about, including Lil Wayne ice cream cakes. <laughs> um, I do. I think it's. I think it's when people can find that point of acceptance, mm-hmm. understanding that they are on their own. They're on their own individual journey mm-hmm. to happiness. Be it with food, be it with self care, be it with exercise, mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. When they get to that point where they can find that, that is where. I truly feel like people find their own self beauty. Mm-hmm. I feel like they find a, a, like that inner sexiness about them. Yeah. And I, I, I don't. And I think that's when people become unapologetic about it. Yeah. Which I think is okay. It's not. Yeah. It's not arrogance. But it's right. hey, I've worked really hard to come to this 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 place, mm-hmm. this sweet spot of who I am and where I want to be now. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I want to make a couple of little improvements. Yeah. But but you can love yourself at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, which is huge. And and like you said, it's not it's not arrogance. There's nothing wrong with being confident and loving who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also okay okay to to want to improve. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's they can they can exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and I liked what you said too, you know, you, being on your own journey and that kind of ties back to the social media thing. Mm-hmm. People that's the problem is that we're constantly comparing ourselves to strangers. Right. To complete freaking strangers and we have no idea what's happening behind the scenes for them Mm -hmm. you know and maybe maybe they look super healthy or whatever it is on their on those little squares but maybe behind the scenes they're really struggling with this or that you know whether it's disordered eating or orthorexia or mental health or you know or other way more personal issues that we have no idea and so we need to just focus on ourselves Mm-hmm. And stop worrying about what so and so on Instagram is doing, right? Because that doesn't help. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. And and I think, you know, and and, and men are just as guilty of as women are mm-hmm. with that. And I think that is one thing that we should all another challenge that I want to issue to everybody is, you know, put down the feed for a while. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get so caught up. I think you know what you mentioned earlier about unfollowing people. Yes, yeah. I think is critical. But I also think just putting is, your phone down. Exactly. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put your phone down first yeah. of all. Um, put your phone out and go to health house. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, it's, it's super critical to get to a point where you say, you know what, I'm okay mm-hmm. and I'm good with me and right. I don't need this constant influx of, of stimulus mm-hmm. of other people's lives yeah. that I finally, when I put my phone down in the mirror staring at me, mm-hmm. then I'm like, Oh, what, you know, here I am standing in my house looking in the mirror when I just got done looking at somebody prancing around on the beach in a bikini. Right. And right. they look amazing. Yes. Or, you know, what what have you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, no matter who you are, no matter how mentally strong you are, there's a ding that goes off in your head of like, oh, I'm not where they are. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's a matter of saying, look, you know, understand that you when you dip into this, yes, it's reality was with an asterisk mm-hmm. you know you'd like to you like to assume that everybody is being real mm-hmm. but we all know that that's not 100% the truth right it's a highlight reel for sure correct correct yeah. and so understanding that you're dipping into somebody else's greatest hits mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> don't be afraid of your b-sides mm-hmm. which absolutely I, that may be my quote of the year <laughs> um, but, but I I mean even like I said most of the 
for the most part, my feed that I see is very positive. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm immune to, you know, that comparison trap. That right. is Instagram. Right. And, you know, I get sucked into and I find myself, you know, and sometimes, and I've been open about this on my Instagram too, you know, I sometimes struggle with anxiety mm-hmm. and I feel like it is exacerbated by social media 100 percent and so i find that the the thing that helps me the most when i'm struggling with anxiety is to to put my phone away and to engage with humans in real life right and you know whether it's my husband he's very good at you know kind of bringing me back to to reality and you know or being with my dogs or my Mm -hmm. niece or whatever it is it's like engage with the people who you love and who love you Mm -hmm. and don't care about you know whatever you think matters that probably doesn't <laughs> right. and it's to me I, I, I love that I, and I can't agree with you more and I think if you look at your phone with your ear because you're calling somebody <laughs> that's a much better place to be yeah because you're you're connecting you're having those conversations mm-hmm. you know connecting challenge number three besides you know I gotta try to find a little way ice cream cake <laughs> I keep going back to that but challenge number three pick up the phone and call somebody mm-hmm. call somebody and make plans to go sit down and have a real conversation without phones, mm-hmm. just engage with somebody else because yeah. that does more mentally for us mm-hmm. and builds our own self-confidence just because you're interacting and you're getting mm-hmm. the endorphins of being around people that you trust and that you care about and that you enjoy being around yeah. that it does more for you than flipping through the feed for five minutes, right. 10 minutes. Yeah, You're 100%. not going to get the same. Right. I know. I always think it's so refreshing when I spend time with people and no one is like, sucked into their phone not even paying attention to the conversation it's like when you're having eye contact just like this you know you're looking at someone in the eyes and talking about something real and deep and it's just a beautiful thing because we don't get enough of that like human in-person connection anymore at all it's sad (laughs) so we're gonna we're gonna we may have to come up with like a like a conversation palooza or something like that. Right. Where we, we play gangster rap. There'll be ice cream, cake, wine, no phones, right? No pictures. No, we're, it's not going to be documented. It'll, yes. be the, it'll be the most amazing event that has no documentation right. whatsoever because you cannot it's a good get your idea. phone. Yeah, I think that would challenge everyone. You have to leave your phone at the door. Exactly. Well, I mean, some like, people might like combust. Speaking of anxiety, right? Right. Um, no, I, I I can't agree with you, Morning. And again, I can't I can't say enough how much I respect what you do how I appreciate who you are and what you convey, the messages that you put out. Um, I just, I, 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 when I say I applaud you, I, I really, really do. Thank you. Um, and I think it's easy to sit back and watch somebody's feed or watch somebody doing something and think, oh, they're just doing this for attention or mm-hmm. they're, this is a vanity thing for them. But when you read your content and you look at your pictures and you read, and it's not just the pictures, it's the stories that go along with them. Mm-hmm. There, is a, there is a genuine nature about what you do that is very rare right now. Yeah. And I think that is where people gravitate to you. Yeah. And they and they become such raving fans of you because mm-hmm. of that fact. So um, my main challenge to anybody is if they're not following you, to follow <laughs> you immediately, check out your blog, go do all these things because you give wellness a win. I mean, truly. <laughs> you really, truly bring a lot of joy to being healthy, living a great life, finding the energy that you need to live as best possible. Yeah. So I, I, for person to person, eye to eye, no phones involved, <laughs> I appreciate you for who you are and I appreciate what you do. Thank you. Um, so I want everybody to go out and follow you. Can you, do you want to tell them like where you can find the blog, where you can find them on social media? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at wellness for the win. Mm-hmm. It's for F-O-R, not the number. And same with my blog, wellnessforthewin.com. Um, so obviously based on our conversation um, I am a dietitian, so I share lots of healthy recipes and things like that. But I also share a lot of, um, you know, personal kind of things about my journey with intuitive eating and um, my past with kind of disordered eating and just all kinds of stuff, you know, because I think wellness is about so much more than just food and exercise. Um, so I really like to try to encompass all of all that you know, that that entails. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And there, there are a lot of, you have great exercise tips. <laughs> I've seen those, um, you know, great ways to celebrate your own health with, you know, having gift meals and give, and, and enjoying those things. The recipes are phenomenal. <laughs> I have tried yeah. numerous of them and they're amazing. <laughs> so I will vouch for them holistically. Um, 
but uh, you know, you also you do it like I said, you do a really good job of of bringing everything into a full life picture, and not just a an isolated. This is what you should go eat. Mm-hmm. This is how you should live your life. This right. is how I live my life, and this is what I've learned from it. Mm-hmm. So you're very real, very transparent. So that that connection is second to none. Um, I'll make sure you know, all your links will be in the in the show notes. I want to make sure that everybody has direct access to to your blog immediately. Um, but I can't thank you enough, one, for being who you are, two, for coming on the show, and three, for improving so many lives. Because I think so much. if people reach out or they don't, I think the, the impact that you have is, I wish everybody could tell you this to your <laughs> face, the impact that you have is so positive. And it's so helpful and it's so wonderful. So thank you on behalf of everybody that's never said it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. And I, I think you will continue to hear the, that repeated over and over again. I hope so. I hope to continue to, to help people in a positive way. So I appreciate it. You will. Check out all of her content. I've got all the links in the show notes. Get there now. Make sure that you have a, a new, fresh perspective on your health, your life, your happiness. Um, some of the best food you will ever eat. <laughs> I can vouch for that 100%. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the show today. And, and thank you for doing what you do. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Enrich Your Soul podcast. For more information and resources, visit richbracken.com.